This morning's Bible reading comes from the book of Philippians, chapter 3, from verse 8 to verse 11. Uh, the Apostle Paul is writing from prison in Imperial Rome to the church at Philippi, which he founded some years before. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Thanks, John. You might think that uh, in reflecting on uh, the year just passed, uh, with a view to looking to this year, that we take a potted tour uh, through all the bad stuff that's happened, mostly COVID-related. But I'm not going to start with the bad. I'm going to start with the good. And the good, simply put, is Jesus. Jesus. Which is where we're going today. Because Jesus is good, point one, we'll strive to reach out, point two, in 2021, point three. Pretty simple. So, point one, Jesus is good. Now, I'm sure that most of us would nod along with this uh, statement. Yep, Jesus is good. You're right, Matt. Uh, We're Christians, after all. To not agree would be like saying that rainbows are ugly. That's just self-evidently not true. Uh, So, of course, as Christians, Jesus is good. But maybe he's even better than we think. Recently, I started uh, reading a book called Gentle and Lowly by Dane Ortland. It was a gift given by our denomination, actually, Uh, to every ministry worker in the Prezi churches in the state. And for ages I resisted reading it uh, because I was busy reading uh, better stuff. Thank you very much. And uh, But Meg, she saw it on my bedside table uh, frequently and she'd say, read it, you idiot. Uh, They must have given it for a reason. They're trying to encourage you. So I picked it up and bam, she was right. Chapter one, I'm wiping away a tear as uh, Dane takes me to where Jesus says, come to me. All you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. And then Dane proceeds to wring the goodness out from each and every one of those uh, words that Jesus says here to get a bit of a peek into the very heart of Jesus himself, to see, as Dane puts it, What gets Jesus out of bed in the morning? You know what gets him out of bed in the morning? It's his desire to love and embrace sinners and sufferers like you and me. This is not just what he does, it's who he is. It's at the very core of his heart. He's that good. But what I've noticed as Dane goes on in the uh, book to wonderfully talk through, is a couple of things. First, this is nothing new. 
Dane refers to many old Christians of old, like John Owen, George Thomas, John Bunyan, who've talked on the goodness of Jesus for centuries. His, his goodness, it's not new. But here's the second thing. Despite that fact that it's not new, it's still fresh. I've been struck afresh just how good Jesus is. That Jesus' heart for people in all their mess, in all their ugliness, in all their pain, is that he never tires of sweeping them into his tender embrace. That his deepest impulse, his most natural instinct, is that when Jesus sees the fallenness of the world around him, it's to move toward that sin and suffering, not away from it. It's to move towards sinners and stuff-ups, not away from them. Because he makes unclean people clean. In fact, he's the most happy when sinners come to him to be cleansed. That he can no more cast off poor sinners for their ignorance and their sin than a nursing father should cast away his child because they're crying. Our sinfulness and suffering draws us to him, draws him to us, to love us and to care for us. How good is this? How good is he? If what gets Jesus up in the morning is love for sinners and stuff-ups like you and me, what will get me up in the morning then is to know this Jesus and to make him known. Jesus is the most precious thing in this world and God knows this too. And because he wants the best for us and for everyone, of course, he'll work to help us know Jesus more and more and to make him known more and more, no matter what it takes. Which brings us to the year 2020 and all its trials and sufferings. That the Apostle Paul says are actually for our good. As we read... Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. According to James, all the trials and the hardships and the sin and the brokenness and the grief of 2020, they were no accident. In God's books, 2020 was not a write-off. I came across uh, this picture of some Christmas lights in someone's front yard over the Christmas period, which has a bright Santa uh, weaning on the year 2020, scorning it like it was a write-off. But this is not God's take on the year and its hardships. Which doesn't mean that we flippantly dismiss those hardships. We need to acknowledge the weight of them. Maybe like Job's friends at first, just sit and listen to those who are still suffering. But as we do, let's not scorn 2020 and write it off as some divine hiccup or accident. Because James says these trials were not an accident for brothers and sisters in Christ. They're actually to grow us up in knowing Jesus, to mature us in him. And praise God, he has grown us personally and as a church family. I know those who've personally grown over this past year in their, on their, on their, in their dependence on God through the trials. I personally, I've, 
I know I've come to treasure the Psalms these past eight months or so like never before. There were mornings I'd wake up desperate for God's comfort in the next Psalm, using them as a platform to then scrawl out my thoughts and worries and questions. And now I'm just more instinctively turning to the Psalms, expecting and finding God's comfort there. Maybe you've had a similar experience of uh, deepening in your relationship with God that without the significant challenges of this year wouldn't have happened. That precisely in and through the trials of 2020, it is still well with your soul in Jesus. Praise God. But it's not only personal growth. Our church family has grown too through the suffering and brokenness of this past year. Uh, To start with, uh, with the COVID restrictions, God made us more sensitive to the reach and the impact uh, an online presence can have. And so we've had to put things in place to serve those who just can't be at church in person and seen the effort as also making an easy shop front to the world of our church and Jesus. Uh, What's more, in pre-recording the services and online streaming, we've seen many others step up and serve in new ways, growing not only our online reach, but growing in serving Jesus. God's moved people to really double down in helping out, generously giving their time and their creativity, particularly in things like music in church, and as mentioned, being a part of our online presence to keep us reaching out to each other and to the community for Jesus' sake. With the impact of COVID on church finances, God's prompted a number to be really generous with their money too. And a number of others have been moved to figure out how to give electronically, which has helped with managing the finances. These, these generous and thoughtful moves, they wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for COVID. Uh, what's more, as opportunity arose to come back to church in person, people jumped at the chance. The forced separation exposed and grew the genuine desire and affection, and affection that we have for each other as a church family. Praise God. With the restrictions, growth groups adapted to moving online and God's used the shift to see regular attendance in some groups go up and to form a new group to accommodate those looking to spend time with God's people around God's word. What's more, with the restrictions meeting uh, on meeting back in person, uh, Kids Church adapted to produce a, a program that God has used to see the kids really growing in their relationships with each other and their leaders during the school term and creating a better space for learning about Jesus. And youth, on Friday night during school term, despite the uh, initial lockdown, has only grown in numbers to be bigger than it was before COVID and provided opportunity for more young leaders to step up and grow and serve in that way and spawned a regular youth band that's been serving church. And while some ministries have just had to be put on hold due to the restrictions, others like ESL and Playgroup adapted and persisted in reaching out to people for Jesus' sake. What's more, through this past year, the elders have also grown in their love for our church family. The elders spent numerous more hours meeting together this year past, strategising how best to go forward, planning for growth, guiding the change to two services, responding to sin and broken situations in a godly and wise way. In all this, their love for Jesus 
and their love for this church family has grown. All these good things and all the other ways that I haven't mentioned or I'm unaware of that we've grown in knowing Jesus and making him known, like our church mission and vision states, to grow a church community by making Jesus known. And this was done through a very, very hard year, a year that, humanly speaking, should have crushed us, but instead God's graciously used to grow us in surprising and encouraging ways in reaching out to each other and to our community for Jesus' sake. Praise God. Because Jesus is good, it's not only well with our souls, it's well with our church family. Because God knows what's best for us and for all people, it's through trials of many kinds, the trials of this year past, that he's worked to grow us up in knowing Jesus and making him known. And so because we know Jesus is so good and God's worked to grow us through the trials in the past year, we can be confident that this year... Uh, to strive reaching out, which is the second point. To strive at reaching out to each other and to the community and to the world for Jesus, no matter what. Because we know there's nothing better than Jesus, nothing worth striving for as much as him. As we read earlier, Paul writes, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I've lost all things. I consider them garbage, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. For Paul... Nothing is worth comparing to knowing Jesus, to knowing the power of his resurrection. That is the power to forgive sins, power to adopt people into God's family, power to give them the Holy Spirit and life. To know this and the hope of being resurrected from the dead on the last day in glorious suffering-free eternal life, to know this power and this hope in Jesus now so that we might treasure him all the more in the sufferings now to see that the trials in the year to come, they're first and foremost for the purpose of knowing Christ. And so to strive to know Christ more and more, to expect that no matter what challenges this year throws at us, the best thing for us is to know Jesus more and more. And through them, to see that this is not only good for us, it's good for everyone. It's good for our community and the whole world as we strive to make Jesus known. Over the school holidays, I've got a board game called Wingspan. It's the best game. Uh, and for a bit there, I strive to get my family to uh, play it again and again uh, with me. But after a while, even my keenest, Lockie, he was like, oh, Dad, can we do something else? Uh, so I stopped striving. Because it's just a game. But Jesus is real life for all of life and beyond. He's truly the best. There is nothing better than knowing Jesus. And so rightly, 
more than anything else, we'll want to know him more and for others to know him more too. And so we'll strive to keep Jesus on the table, so to speak. No matter what the challenges of 2021 bring, we'll strive to know Jesus and to make him known more and more. So in the light of the fact that Jesus is so good and that God knows nothing, uh, knows that knowing this is the best thing for people, especially in and through the trials of 2020, we can be sure uh, he'll help us in our striving to reach out to each other and to the world with Jesus in 2021, no matter what the challenges are. Which brings us to point three, 2021. Because there's no doubt uh, 2021 will have its challenges. Uh, Challenges for us personally and challenges for us as a church family. For us personally, I suspect it will be keeping God's people and the gospel on our agenda. God willing, as restrictions ease, restrictions that God's used to grow us in knowing Jesus more, the challenge will be not to lose the momentum in turning regularly to God's word and to him in prayer and praise, desperate for God's peace and knowing him more for his goodness and then striving to pray that others would know this too and striving to live uh, lives in such a way that people hear us talking about Jesus and that they get to hear about Jesus, that more people hear about Jesus from us personally. Another challenge for us personally might be to make church in person a priority when we could be watching it at home online without face masks and social distancing to instead stoke the desire to reach out to each other for Jesus' sake and out of love for each other by getting back into making church in person a regular thing, health permitting. which is linked in with the challenge of seeing the importance of continuing to connect regularly with God's people, not just at church on Sunday, but in growth groups during the week, of weighing up how much we love Zoom or not, or wearing masks or not, with how much of an encouragement it is to those in the group when we show up, online or in person, or with a mask. These are some of the challenges this year is already bringing us personally. And there are challenges for our church family too. Uh, A challenge for us this year is our church finances. And we'll be talking more about this in the coming weeks as we lead up to the annual congregational meeting. Because the simple fact is, if the rate of giving remains at the level that it is now, we'll run out of savings by the end of August which means we won't be able to pay staff wages. For instance, no dedicated kids' church coordinator, for example. Another possibility is we won't be able to support as many missionaries and link missionary organisations. But we want to reach out to each other and to the community and to the world with Jesus more and more, not less. And so, by God's grace, we'll strive to give generously to the work of our church family because we know how good Jesus is and how rich we are knowing him, rich with God's forgiveness, rich with God's love and his adoption, rich with the gift of the Holy Spirit with us. As such, if we let these truths and realities sink into our hearts, we'll we'll cheerfully give out of what we have. 
which God knows is the best thing for us, as Paul uh, says elsewhere. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. God will bless us abundantly as we use our money for good works in Jesus' name and for his sake. So let's cheerfully be cheerfully giving our money towards the work of reaching out to each other and to our community and to the world with Jesus. There's a helpful way to think about this for us. There's around 180 households in our church family. If each household gave an extra $6 a week, this would allow us to support the current ministries into the year and beyond. It may sound like nothing, and you may have heard something like it before, that it's just the price of a coffee each week, but just because it might sound small and gimmicky doesn't mean it's not true and can't be very significant for enabling us to do, as a church family, what we want to do more and more. At only $6 extra per week, we'll have 56000 to use for continuing to reach out to each other and to the community and the world for Jesus. Now, giving an extra six bucks a week might be incredibly generous for some households. But for many others, it might be something that we don't even notice. So the real challenge then is to be as generous as we can be with the income that God has given us. And we'll do this because we know how good Jesus is And we want to keep reaching out to each other, to the community and to the world more and more with Jesus. Other challenges for us as a church family this year have to do with certain ministries starting back or going forward. Important and strategic ministries in reaching out to the community. Ministries like English as a second language classes, conversations on the coast, youth, kids church, playgroups, scripture in schools and online services. Uh, these ministries, they don't just need wisdom and creativity, creativity in adapting to the changing landscape that COVID and the hoped for vaccines will bring this year. They need people who are willing and able to lead and help out with these ministries. People who know how good Jesus is and how much those in the world need him and who are prepared to sacrifice their time and their effort to reach out through them. People like you. Will you put your hand up to help out? Will you keep putting your hand out, hand up to help out? For instance, the uh, playgroup team, uh, which finished meeting at the end of term four last year, after many great times meeting with mainly mothers from the community, and introducing them and their kids to Jesus will struggle to continue this year unless someone is willing to and able to help coordinate it. I wonder, is that you? Or do you know someone you can encourage to help to take that on board? We heard earlier that Point Clare School is in the need of Lowell Primary School scripture teacher for half an hour a week. Is that you? Could you help? We saw with the videos earlier from Chris and Ash that the time and effort spent reaching out with Jesus 
It's far from wasted. God will use what we give in ways we might never have imagined. I'm sure Chris, in a faithful praying for people and in teaching in kids' church and scripture, never imagined that one of the kids that she faithfully prayed for and taught would end up becoming the kids' church coordinator of this church and now passing on what she learned from her to other young kids. In this way, you could be the answer to someone's prayer as you strive to reach out with Jesus in a ministry here at church. All to say, the challenges for this year that we know about and the challenges we don't yet know, they're God's way to grow us. To grow us in knowing Jesus, loving people and changing lives by making Jesus known more and more. So we don't need to fear the trials and the challenges. Instead, we can rejoice, knowing there's nothing better than Jesus and that it's worth striving no matter what challenges we face and stepping out, even stepping up this year to reach out to each other and to the world for Jesus' sake. might not be new, but it's still fresh, just how good Jesus is for us and for everyone. He's the eternal friend of sinners and sufferers, glorious in his undying and unrelenting, powerful, transforming love for this sick, sinful and broken world. There is nothing better than Jesus. So this year, let's strive to know him more, to love people more and to see more lives changed by making him known more. Let's make 2021 where we really reach out to each other and to the community and to the world for Jesus. And I'm going to pray to that end now. Gracious Heavenly Father, thank you so much for Jesus. He is so incredibly good. And we thank and we praise you that you know he is the best thing for us. And that through the trials and struggles of this year past, you have grown us personally and as a church family in and through the trials in our love for Jesus and our appreciation for him and serving him. And we ask as we look to this year that you would prompt us to strive to reach out to each other, to strive to reach out to the community and to the world because we know how good Jesus is and to strive at making him known no matter what the challenges that present us in this year are. And we pray these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen.